0: You know, today we're going to talk in a new series called In Transit. We are in a life, in a place in our life that we are in transit. This family, they're kind of young to go out on mission, don't you think? Wow. Then you add a little bun in the oven that's out and alive. That's pretty tough. They're in transit as well to be parents. And we're going to talk about for the next few weeks what it looks like to be in transit. You know, have you ever wanted a shipping package today? We're all about Amazon and uh, mail order stuff. And you go and you're like excited because whatever's coming is going to change your life. You ever been there? And then you get this email or you get this thing. It's in transit. And for me, that means nothing. That final, that third one means it could be somewhere in Zimbabwe. We have no idea if it's ever going to make it because I've lost some stuff. Or, this is really it. People are generally in transit. And you know how we get in, how we are in transit? We are in transit by land, sea, air. These are how we really transform is through these areas. This is where things are shipped and how people are moved. But the truth is, what I wanna do over the next few weeks is I wanna talk about the longest transit from your head to your heart. Trying to get our head and our heart right. So that our soul and our heart are right with God. So that this long distance of 18 or 20 inches from you long-necked folks can really be a part of your life. It's really hard to do. Take the head knowledge that you know and wash it in the love of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that God's in our heart. And we need to uncover that and make it part of our life. So today, we are all on this journey of life in transit. As Christians, we are in transit towards heaven. For all that claim Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are on the process and in transit towards heaven. Some of you are on that first part with that first little sign that says in transit. You've just left the building. Some of you are closer to that third part, but we are all in transit towards heaven. And some of us, even in this room, unfortunately, some of us are in transit to an antichrist or an opposite lifestyle of Christ. We call that hell, as Christians understand and know. And we're on this path, and both paths are eternal. And that's scary. We don't like to talk about that because we like to talk about a loving God. But the truth is, God loves us so much that he wants us to seek him and ask him to be part of our life. And we are in transit forever. And here's what God wrote. And this is a psalm. And I just want this psalm to be part of our life. It's our memory verse. And it's really what we want to have as a part of our life as we are traveling to and through this earth to the Lord's, uh, to the heavens. And meet with the Lord. Here's what it said. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. We have that in the Lord. He wants to guide you. He wants to redirect you. If you've ever taken a wrong turn, he wants to put you on the right path. And he will lead you to that place. And in that, he will watch over you and care for you so that you make it into the loving arms of Jesus when you leave this place and live an eternity with him. And hopefully by the end of this series and hopefully by the end of today, everybody in this room will know Jesus and want Jesus and will take that path towards Jesus. What do we do in life when things change? There's a lot of reasons why we become in transit. There's a lot of things. Here's some of the examples. People changing jobs or a loss of a job. All of a sudden, you're on a change. Loss of a loved one. That changes something, a, 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 a husband, a parent, a, a child, man, that hurts and it changes. Empty nesting, we just lost, not, not lost, we actually moved them and we're on the process of empty nesting. That changes the whole dynamic. You got to love that person across the, the, the table from you and it happens to be your wife. How about you come new into town, new into church, new to school, new job? That changes everything, and you got to walk through that process. New relationship, loss of a relationship, divorce or whatever, that challenges you as well. You can see there's a lot of things in life that kind of show us that we are in transit. Something has ended, and now something new or a new direction needs to be headed where feelings are. Our feelings are the same. Here's the thing. You know, we, we took our daughters last week up to Point Loma University. And everybody doesn't realize they're feeling the exact same. And here's the feelings. There's four, and I'm sure there's a few others. But there's excitement, anxiety, fear, and confusion. All of us feel that way. I'm an outgoing person, and I get into a place of being in transit with some new direction. I feel the same way just like that introvert. We all feel these same things, excitement, anxiety, fear, and confusion, and God wants to work through that so that we get pointed in that right direction and seek the heavenlies in our day-to-day life. Now, if you guys have been around Journey for a while, I don't know if you guys have known this, but the last time I preached was August 5th. Maybe some of you are happy about that and uh, we're excited about that, but in that month, From that time to today, I want to just tell you what's happened in my personal life, not including my job. This is just my personal life and the things that are changing in my life. It's been the craziest month me and my wife have ever had, and we've had some crazy months. We are in ministry, so just so you guys know, ministry's crazy. But there's a job change. My wife is going to be changing jobs, and that just came last week. We didn't know that was going to happen. Kids going to college and moving, money, 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 money. Yeah, we're in transit, and it just keeps going right out the window. We have no idea how to stop it. So, you know, uh, I've had a dad in the hospital, possible heart issues, and it didn't turn out to be that, but that was scary, right? And then cancer removed off the face. That's even scarier, right? I've had a grandma break her hip. I had an uncle have a stroke. I have a young ninth grader start in high school freaking out, freaking out. I can say that. She's not here yet. We've had some construction issues go on at our house. We did some construction, and now they're telling us we might have to remove some of the construction we did. And the last thing is, I've had one of my great friends leave the church. Jeff Foss left last, a couple weeks ago. It's hard. Not just was worship, but he was a friend, and he was, he was, he was always holding me up. We should look at these in transit moments in our life, just like my life. This has all happened in the last 30 days. It's crazy. Obviously, God wants me to be able to share that with you. These things, these intransient moments are unique opportunities for you and I to grow closer to God. That's the purpose of them. We think, oh, well, I'm, I'm heading towards Jesus right now. Yeah, but what are you going to do on the way? How are you going to live on the way? How are you going to become a discipler? How are you going to be moving from a believer to a follower and a follower to a discipler? That's the path. All of us believe, usually in the room, that there is a God. Do you narrow the concept that there's Jesus as God? And are you going to follow every word in the Bible, even if you don't agree with all of them? That's okay if you don't agree. Just follow them. Put it on your list and ask him when you get there. Why is this in here? And I'm sure he'll give you a wonderful explanation where you'll be crying. Well, how do we do these? How do we make these moments allow us to grow closer to God? We need to have a heart transformation, and we need to take all the stuff in our head and bang our head on the ground until it leaves. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Some of you might need to. But we got to change the head, move it into the heart, and we need to make sure that our heart is not wicked and evil, but righteous through the word of God. And that's what we want to do. There's really four things, maybe five. I added another one between the time I sent the notes. But there's a path of transformation that all of us want and all of us need. There's a pathway. And today we're going to look at the Apostle Paul and his conversion story. But you're going to see there's so much more in that text. It's rich and it will help us to grow. If you're here today and you want to become a disciple or if you want the meat of the gospel, you need to look at this text in Acts chapter 9 and open your eyes to it. Tara sang this song, Open in the eyes of the heart, Lord. I really want to see you and I believe if you do that today, this text will come alive. Here's the transformation path. Communication. We need to be communicators. We need to communicate to God and other people about what's going on. We need to understand the power of perspective. We need to recognize who really God is. Oh yeah, I just sang a song about God and his love as my foundation, but who really is, is he? And finally, oh, there's two more. Accepting spiritual help which is really hard. I meet a lot of people and they want to have and listen to spiritual help. They don't necessarily abide by it, but they want it. And finally, community. I think today one of the main points that I want to communicate is community is key. Now, our church is named Journey and it comes from this Ralph Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. Do you you guys remember this? Life is a journey, it's not a destination. And we started our church, my pastor coach that got me to become a pastor and helped me plant. His name is Steve Ogney. Uh, he says, you're going to call it journey? And I said, yeah. He goes, that seems hard. And I'm like, yeah. Because I don't know about you, but it's not been easy. It's been great, but it's not easy. And that's kind of where we got this from this phrase, life is a journey. It's not about the destination. Yes, at one point we will be in heaven, but all of us are going to die and we're going to go one way or the other. It just is your path on what destination you want to be on. But life is a journey, and it's not the destination. And we'll really talk a little bit about that. But I found a bunch of life is journey quotes to kind of set up this place. So I'm going to get going, or I'm going to be here until about one. Life is a journey that must be traveled no matter how the road and how bad the roads and the accommodations. Life is a journey when we stop, things don't go right. I think our life is a journey. When we make mistakes, it's how we learn from those mistakes and rebound from those mistakes that set us on the path that we're meant to be on. Life is a journey. I like this one. Some beautiful path can't be discovered without getting lost. One point, all of us were lost and making our own path. And then God brings them together and those paths become beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. Does that make sense? Here's the last one. It says, For each of us, life is a journey. The Heavenly Father designed it for, uh, for us out of love. Each of us has a unique experience and characteristic, characteristics, but our journey began in the same place before we were born into this world. We all have different journeys, and we're on a different path, and we're a different part, but it all started with the same God, the same Jesus, and the same Holy Spirit guiding us No matter what path we took, and bringing us back to that ultimate focus of who Jesus Christ is. You guys excited about that? Yeah. We're gonna uh, get ready to open up Acts chapter 9 and read a little bit about it. And what I wanna do is just talk to you a little bit about communication. Communication to God is so critical, it's so critical. How do we communicate? We communicate to God through prayer. We communicate through God and to God through other fellowships and communities like church, Bible studies, and and accountability partners. We communicate a lot through God. But that's what He wants. And in that community, we receive spiritual wisdom in this in transit path that we're taking. In Acts chapter 9, this is a great story of the Apostle Paul, how he became a Christian. And usually we use it as a conversion story, how God opens up the eyes of our heart. But today you're going to see it as a man in transit. And it's going to be a really powerful section if we really open it up. The apostle Paul uh, turns to Saul, or Saul to Paul. And God really wants this man. And God, when he really wants something, he will do crazy things to get it. In your life, in my life, and in the Apostle Paul's life. He wants to communicate to Paul, and so what he does is he sends him on this road to Damascus. Now Paul, formerly known as Saul of Tarsus, was a madman at this time. He was mad about all Christians, and as he is on the road to Damascus, he is on this mission from God, he thinks, to kill and maim and destroy and really arrest any of these Christians and put them away because he's saying, you are destroying the God that I know. He's a madman. And he seeks the permission, and they say, Go out and get him. And so he's on this journey on the road to Tam- Damascus. Now, today, non secular, non Christian, or secular, non Christian people use this. And this really means they're on this path, and anything can happen, and transitions can happen. I'm on the road to Damascus right now, not knowing what's going to happen. And that's what we're going to see today. So, life is a journey. And I want to just show you the the, the, the Damascus travel. It's 126 miles from, or 29 miles from Jerusalem to uh, uh, Damascus. If they were walking, it would take about five to six days, 20 plus miles a day. Who's walked 20 miles in the last week? Who's drove 20 miles today? Yeah, we all did. We don't, back then you could easily walk 20 miles. They walked six miles. It would be a full day's travel. But they made that trek, and that's where we're at today. So if you're able to stand, let's stand. We're going to read from chapter, uh, chapter 9, verse 3. We'll stop. We're going to pray, and we're going to use this text. And we're going to stay in the text to really kind of understand what God is doing. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a va- voice say to him, "'Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me?' "'Who are you, Lord?' Saul asked. "'I am Jesus.' whom you are persecuted and he replied now get up and go to the city and you will be told what to do let's just stop there you know on 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 sunday mornings we want to pray as a community we want to pray today that god will open up the eyes of our heart that we will see him we will have a different perspective and recognize him and it will change us from the inside out so let's just pray father in heaven we come before you And we're so grateful for what you're doing. We're so grateful for all that you're doing within this church and within the community of churches in Ventura County. Will you open up the church's heart today? We want to see you, Lord. We want to understand you and recognize you, and we want to accept any spiritual help that you have for this community. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Perspective. The power of perspective is really important and that's what we see here. You're looking at this verse and if you've been in church for 20 or 30 or 40 years, you've probably heard several sermons and you understand that this is a conversion story. But there's so much more, this text is rich, just like many of the the, the writings in the Bible, there's a richness to us and it helps us understand as we are in transit from one place to another, we need to look to this text to see how it can give us a power of perspective, recognize who God is, is, realize how important community is and, and really accept the spiritual help that God has for us. Here's the perspective. This story is not just about Paul being changed from Saul of Tarsus. No, that's an example of a man whose life is in transition. He's in transit. One journey on his journey, the power of perspective of who God is and what God is changes immensely in this conversion. Who he thinks God is and who he finds out God is changes everything. A lot of times this happens in our own personal life, this power of perspective, when we have some sort of loss. When we have loss of a housing or jobs or relationships or a life. When you lose someone, or even worse, you get into an accident or a disease or the doctor calls and something tragic's part of your life. Everything changes. If you understand that, you realize that when these things occur, your perspective changes rapidly. I have known many of you, I've been a part of some of your struggles. I've had it in my own life where a death happens and no longer is money that important. Doesn't matter what my job says. Doesn't matter what happens when cancer comes or there's an accident or whatever. All that stuff goes out the window because you don't care. Because your perspective has changed. And all you're trying to do is minimize life to the simplest form. We're here. We're together as a family. And that's all that matters. If I lose my job, if I lose my savings account, if I have to borrow $300,000 to get my wife help or my husband help, we'll do it. Because your perspective has changed. Right? happens all the time. God forbid that happens to you, but it does, and it happens. I can see a ton of faces in the room that have experienced this. Our perspective changes. It goes from this black and white place. When we open up the eyes of our heart, I got a picture of a black and white picture, and this is a perspective change. Do we have that up there? This is what life looks like. This is what our daily journey looks like as we are in transit to heaven, and we don't realize that there's so much more to the picture. When you see and have a change of perspective, this thing turns into this colorful picture and you see the richness of life. I think we have a next picture to show this road and how different it is. Life is simple. Look at how beautiful the white little flowers are, the road and the clouds. This is the perspective change that the Apostle Paul is having. Let's continue. The next part is recognizing God. Paul comes to a point, as many of us have in our own journey in life, we come to a point that I need to recognize God. Who is God? We, we, we sing to him, we read about him, but who is he really? When I sit and listen to Cameron and Lisa and their testimony, they're living a gospel life. Go and pray and somebody goes and has this prayer and it changes the community. It happens here, we just don't allow it to happen like it does in foreign places. We need to recognize who God is. Paul comes to a place, who are you, Lord, I've been worshiping you this direction, and now you're telling me you're this. And we all have those moments. Who are you, God? And Jesus says, It's me, it's Jesus. And this is a great theological, doctrinal statement. It's no longer just God alone by himself, it's the Messiah, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and He is the one that's here to change and transform. Recognize who He is. The world says many believe in a God, but rarely 26% believe in Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul recognizes this. And because of that, it says, now get up and go to the city and he, you will be told what to do. If he didn't believe, if he didn't recognize the voice of God, he didn't understand Jesus, he wouldn't have done what he did. Here we see obedience. Obedience has been something that's been on my heart since the beginning of summer. Obedience brings success. This perfect obedience brings great miracles. Verse 7 says, Men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but didn't see anybody. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see anything. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. And for three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Here we see this moment. This is where the conflict in this story is. Not he's met Jesus, he's, he's had a change of perspective, but his perspective is I can't even see anything yet. He's still in that black and white stage of his life and at some point he's gonna open up his eyes and th- see things differently. He's abruptly blinded by the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, this personal encounter. That happens in churches today, it happens in Bible studies, it happens in men and women's groups. When something comes into their life, you have this personal encounter and it takes you off of your path and into the path with Jesus Christ or a deeper, more richer path if you're on that path. Saul has this encounter with Jesus and he spends three days in transit. He's disoriented. He's confused. He's got anxiety and fear and he's struggling just like all of us are when we're in transition. And he's in this place of suspending what he formerly knows to what his future is gonna look like. All of a sudden, he's just like someone who's been told they got cancer or they've lost someone or they've been in an accident. Nothing matters. The only thing matters is I can't see and I've talked to God. What am I going to do with that? And you're going to see in the text a little bit that it says that he's praying constantly for those three days. He's in communication with God. I want to share a quick story about my beautiful wife. Does you guys know my beautiful wife? Let me put a picture up there. She's here today uh, in first service. Yeah. Now, I just want you to know that I did ask her to share this story. She's had a, a, a perspective change in her life. When she was 19 years old, she was going to UCLA. I'm a Trojan fan, so really don't care about that school, but I say it just to tell the story. Fight on. Fight on. She's going to UCLA. Her friend Corey's with her today too, and so she didn't know that this story was going to be told. But uh, her mom got cancer when she was in school, and uh, I don't know, six, 16 months, eighteen months later, she died. And their family did everything to try and save her. The perspective of their life changed. My wife went home. I was going to say my daughter. She looks like my daughter, but she went home and to be with her mom, and her perspective changed. Didn't matter about what school was. She wanted to be Val Victorian and get all the garb and stuff on, on graduation day. But that didn't matter anymore. She changed a major and some things happened. But here's what happened. She began this huge transition, especially after her mom died. You know, when you lose a parent, and I know you guys have lost people. And I'm, I'm not saying that like, oh, poor Jeff or poor Liz. I'm just using it as an example. That she lost someone special and all of a sudden weddings and births and graduations and school and, you know, dedicating babies are, are something that she doesn't get to celebrate with her mom. And she's in this moment of transition. And through the death of her mom, she had to find her faith again because her mom was her faith. Her mom was an amazing, faithful woman in church every day. She lost her faith when her mom died and she had to be found again, recognizing who God really was. Through the death and some bad paths that she chose, God revealed himself to her. I'm Jesus. Come to me. And he called her into a church. And he told her who he was going to be to her. And he says, one day your life is going to be an honor to me. And really the story is this. Without Liz, this church wouldn't be here because she was on a mission trip with me in Mexico and challenged me one morning, a Thursday morning in Mexico. I think God wants you to start a church. Through death and perspective, God changed and does great things through her life so that a church can be started just like you see the Apostle Paul. God called Paul out of this killer life of Christians into a life of loving Christians and being a part of it. So give my wife a hand. She's done an amazing job. She's really the rock of our marriage and the rock of this church. She is highly organized and I struggle with that a little bit, so pray for me. You know, the community of life is so important. Our community is critical. You know, we need community. If you're here today and you haven't been in church for a while, listen to this. Community is critical. You know, I was talking to a couple of friends yesterday about church and talking about what should be preached at church. My belief is completely different. I don't believe the message is supposed to be so heavy that you guys are just mindly bent. I believe the community is where it really comes into life. The community of believers worshiping and hearing and ministering and loving is really what we want to do. So the community is important. Listen to this and and look for the community in this. In Damascus, there was a man named Ananias, and the Lord uh, called him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house uh, of Judas on Straight Street and ask the man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place hands on him and restore his sight. Lord, Ananias said, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from our chief priests to arrest all who have called upon your name. But the Lord said, go. To An- the Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, their kings, and to the people of Israel. And I will show you how much he must suffer for my name. You realize that? That this man, even though he was a killer and he didn't like, you know, Christians, he got converted. But still the Lord says, I'm going to put some suffering upon him because of what he has done. That's a scary place, but that's how God works. But it doesn't mean that his life was bad. It means that he is going to impact millions and millions of people. And today, how many people have read the writings of Paul and have been transformed by even a story like this? Look how critical the the community was. Where did Ananias go to church? We have no idea. But we know that there's church going on that there's a fire of Christianity going on. And we know there's these little house churches at least going on. And someone in that church has been yoking this man up for a while in the community so that he can hear the the voice of God and be obedient to the voice of God. Maybe your job is to sit in church until that one moment where God calls you and says, go out and do what Ananias did in that particular moment. So that you can be right. Like my wife, God called her and says, plan a church. And you know what her first response was? I don't really want to, Lord. It seems not fun. (laughs) And I was scared. But we are built by the community. The community is so critical. Do you think why the apostle, you wonder, ever wonder why the apostle Paul loved the church so much? It says in the next few verses, and you can go and read it in Acts chapter 9, that he got so excited the next thing he did a couple days later when he receives his sight, which we'll just read in a second, he goes out and preaches in the community. He loves the church because he realizes once he gains his sight that the church, this church has been waiting for him, praying for him. The community is critical. And look how the obedience of Ananias was to advance the kingdom. Go and seek the, the number one killer of Christians, to help advance the kingdom of God. A couple of tough guys in the world. It's like, I do it. Right. Look at the obedience. And here's the final part. And I got to get moving as the band's coming up. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing the hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on that road as you were coming here has sent me uh, again be filled with the Holy Spirit immediately. Something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see it again. He got up and, was, and he could see again. He got up and he was baptized. After taking some food, he regained his strength. Here we see the Apostle Paul receiving sight again. But really what he's had is he's had an awakening from his heart. He's had his eyes wide open to see who God really is. The purpose of this sermon series is not just to get us to heaven. It's to get us on a pathway of discipleship. The purpose of this sermon series is to start challenging all of us as we are in a change. The church is changing. We've, our worship leader has changed from Jeff Foss to the amazing Tara. And we're excited about that. And the new things that are going to happen. Yeah, we're excited about that. The new things that are going to happen because of that are right before us. We are in transition. We are in transit from a new place. Something has changed into a greater place that God has for us. Where are you in this transition? If you're perfect in everything that you're doing right now, this life is good and you're on that final bar of in transit, you know what I would say? Look to a neighbor. Look to someone around you and help them. The Bible says take up a cross. And help them out. If you're doing well and you you got plenty in the 401k, maybe it's time for you to look to someone else and kind of help them a little bit. You don't have to become their everything, that's who Jesus is, but maybe help a little bit. If you're in this new faith or this recommitting part of faith, be obedient. You've got to be obedient. How do we get to that miracle place? It's by being obedient. And exact obedience brings great miracles in their life. I want to see more miracles in this place when you and I are obedient. Maybe you're in this place where you want a deeper relationship with God. I've got some stuff out here. Some stuff on this table back there on the men and women's table. It's called Open the Eyes of My Heart for September if you guys want this, there's a few copies out, but email me at Jeff at Journey the Church. It's a journaling for all September. And on the backside, it's a bunch of things to ask questions of who God is. But if you want a deeper relationship, go and do something like this. Go out into the world and serve and love and care for people and watch how you will grow and how challenged you will be. And finally, if you want to be a disciple, maybe you're just saying, I've got to be a disciple this fall season football's on, and I'm not going to watch football. I'm just going to study the Word of God. Gosh, I hope that's me. There's a good chance that's probably not going to happen completely. But I will study. But if you want to be a disciple or a disciple another person, tell someone today. Come and tell me or Jeremy or, or Trace or anybody that's there. Just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be a disciple this year. I'm going to finish off this year. I'm going to disciple, or even better, I'm going to take someone with me and become a disciple. The point of this is that we are all in transit. Some way, shape, or form, our life is in transit. We are all hopefully heading towards the glory of God, but there's things in our life that are forcing change and transition, and we need to turn to Him. And I feel like the last thing I'm supposed to say to get up here and get off the stage is this don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to recognize who God is. Don't be afraid that your perspective needs to change. Don't be afraid to come to a community and allow the community to grow you to be the person that you're on, to change that path so that the path that you will be on will be the most fruitful path that God has. Don't be afraid today. Let's rise up with the kingdom of God and stand because he is a God that's a God of forever. He's a God that wants to transform you and take you out of the, the, the place that you're in and into the place of his glory. And here's this verse. I just feel like this is what I'm supposed to read. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you and he will never forsa- He'll never leave you and he will never forsake you. Let's just give him a praise of grace and mercy. Let's clap it out for him and let's celebrate. We're going to sing a really awesome worship song, but let's just pray it out. We're going to have prayer teams come up in the middle of the song, and we're just going to celebrate God. This is going to be a new era for us at Journey. Father, we stand before you. Lord, we worship you. Lord we will not be afraid we are going to go out and share the love of Jesus Christ and we are going to be on mission to watch people be transformed in our community not just in Nepal Lord let the glory of God descend upon Ventura County and this church let prayers be offered let communications come open the eyes of our heart Lord and if there's someone here that needs to reconnect or there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus today's the day Let your heart receive the Lord. You can repeat after me a prayer of salvation and you'll be connected to the King Jesus forever. Here's what it says. Repeat after me. Father, forgive me. Come into my heart, come into my soul and be my Lord and Savior. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, to understand your death and resurrection for me. Anoint me with your Holy Spirit and teach me to follow all the days of my life. To you, in Jesus' name, amen.